0: The Road to Rediscovery is sponsored by BetterHelp. Let me ask you something. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? You know, for me growing up, feelings of anxiety, inadequacy, doubt, and even imposter syndrome got in the way uh, of me reaching my goals and reaching my full potential, right? Right? So BetterHelp addresses these and more. It's not a crisis line and it's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't have to ever sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and get this, financial aid is even available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. They mean it. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Road to Rediscovery. That's better H E L P and join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And there's a special offer for our Road to Rediscovery listeners get 10% off your first month when you register at betterhelpcom Rediscovery. We're all on this journey of life together, and it sure feels good to know professional help is within our reach with BetterHelp. Again, that's Better H E L P. Thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Our lives are laid out on a road of bumps, turns, struggles, and more. How do we respond? How do we endure adversity for learning and growth? I'm Aubrey Johnson, and we'll explore these questions and more on The Roads Rediscovery. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Roads Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on life lessons to learn and grow from them and, of course, take it to the next level and help others who are struggling through dark times. Now, as you know, on the Road to Rediscovery, we are very passionate about delivering quality content that is of value to you and your personal growth. If you like what you hear, please visit roadtorediscovery.com slash donate. That's road, the number two, rediscovery.com donate. We'll give you a shout out in a future episode. And as always, there is no obligation. We are truly, truly grateful for your listenership. My special guest is a culture consultant who teaches, assists and executes implementation of a culture centered around dream achieving. His latest book, The Dream Machine is an Amazon number one bestseller and helps guide leaders to create high performing teams and achieve extraordinary outcomes. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give a warm welcome to Mr. Dane Espigard. Hey, Dane, welcome to the show, man. It's great to have you here. It's
1: great to be here. Looking forward to the conversation.
0: Oh, likewise. Likewise, man. Fantastic. So let's go ahead and just uh, dive into it if we can here. Can you, first off, start by helping us understand the difference between goals and dreams?
1: Yeah, I get that. I get that question a lot. I think that uh, I, I've been in the direct sales industry for twenty plus years, and mm-hmm. and so I've worked with individuals on goal setting for for the majority of that. And I think that when we're asked to set goals, we'll typically set something that we know is within reach, right? Yeah. So yeah. a goal is, is meant to stretch us and see what we're you know what we're made of and what's possible and kind of who we become in the process, but Mm -hmm. oftentimes it's not necessarily done that way. And it's done in a way that, you know, deep down we want to hit our goals. So we'll set something that we know is within reach and maybe it's 10% more than what we're doing. And the difference with, with dreams, I think that it gives people permission to be ungrounded and to think big without an obligation in, of, you know, I must go out and do this. You know, one of the things that I've, I've heard in, in, in feedback from taking people through this process is, you know, this is one of the first times in a while that I felt like I could just put things down and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And it's it could be a maybe someday thing. Mm-hmm. That's such mm-hmm. a healthy exercise just to get us out of our normal box that I think that, you know, life kind of uh, makes it easy to stay in as the obligations of our lives, you know, grow when it comes to all the hats that we wear, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And so um, there, there is a sense of liberty, it sounds like, uh, or liberating feeling of having permission to think where the sky is the limit, right? Um, where you can just what, what my company says, challenge what's possible and maybe yeah. start your impossible. Uh, a lot of creativity is fostered. It sounds like um, you know, when you think outside the box and you think with no limitations um, to your point. So um, dane I want to ask is uh, all those elements that you mentioned is, is, is that are those are those the elements and maybe more that uh, that make up what you call the dream culture?
1: Yeah, I think that the yes, and so I think that, you know, creativity is a really big one. I Mm -hmm. think the uh, anything is possible mentality is really important. And I think that's important in any organization. Um, Mm -hmm. I work a lot with, you know, um, organizations that are kind of small to mid size, And so growth is obviously really important. And I think this goes hand in hand with that, where, you know, if, if we're talking about the individual in terms of, hey, what would light you up and what's exciting and what's something you've never done before, it's really yeah. easy then to transition into the workplace and say, hey, let's talk about some things we've never done as a business. And, right. and I think the, the you know framework around all of this is the whole how can I, mm-hmm, right? Where mm-hmm. it's, hey, that might be a dream that's maybe really out there, but if it were to happen, what would it look like? And we can at least start having conversations that are fun and, and are uplifting and aren't the normal you know, hey, got to hit your numbers and you got to hit this, that type of thing. The other thing that I saw during COVID, which I thought was really cool, and I, di- I didn't know that this would be something, this wasn't an intentional thing. Mm-hmm. But when, when you know, the pandemic hit in March of 2020, uh, I got to see the way that my team responded compared to the rest of the organization that we operate within. And, yeah. you know, I think for the majority, it was very normal to kind of be stuck in their tracks and say, what now, right? The way that right. we did business. know before is is no more at least not for now Mm -hmm. and my team just you know it happened they got to work and they immediately started solving problems and what i recognized is that this is more of a positive spin to solution finding for problems and so what my team had been doing for five six seven years was that they were creating their own problems such as hey this dream that would be great i need resources i need the flexibility i need the time in my schedule to be able to accomplish this so they were. You know manufacturing solutions non-stop to their dreams which is the same skill set that takes to tackle some you know negative problem right in the workplace and so that was it was kind of a neat parallel to, to see that to see the team shift into gear when it came to that
0: wow that's tremendous man i mean um for so many years they were being creative and coming up with solutions and so forth but in a lot of cases in a lot of work environments um the pandemic kind of forced us to, 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 to be creative, right. And force us mm-hmm. to find a way um, in my personal experience with, with my own, you know, career and job, our team had to do that and, and, and a ton of other teams, I'm sure. So um, to, to, to see your team flex like that is um, it, it's a, it's a testament to the cohesiveness of, of the yeah. team. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and they've been, you know, they've been shoulder to shoulder celebrating dreams. And so mm-hmm. it was, uh, I, I can say my forte is not innovating mm-hmm. and finding new ways to do things. And, and I'm much more, you know, my, when I'm at home, it's when I get to execute. I'm yeah. more of, uh, you know, that that's my strength. And so it mm-hmm. was neat to have fostered growth in others, right. And in a team that was able to do that because they yeah. really, our organization grew a ton during that period. And I, I, got a lot of the credit for it because my name was on the business, but uh, but it was very much a you know combination of what we had built over those years, and so it was really neat to see to see that come together.
0: Man, that's beautiful, man. that, that is that is awesome. So, in your experience and working with uh, different organizations, um, and I'm sure you've worked with um, different levels across the organization, um, when when it came to introducing this dream culture uh, model or idea, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when it comes to senior executives, their 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 mind is pretty much on, you know, hey, what's the bottom line? Mm -hmm. What's the, you know, the bottom number, you know, we want to make sure that you know, we're in the black, not in the red, and uh, productivity KPIs, and all those sorts of things. So uh, I'd like to know, what was the first impression from senior executives, when you started to talk about Dreaming.
1: You know the concept, the title of dreaming. I think sounds a little out there, right? It's not necessarily a tangible thing like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But what does speak to senior executives is retention, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Uh, that that's you know that's a word that has always had had some ring to it when it comes to senior executives. And so I, I've been. Uh, Uh, And I guess part of it's the timing. Like I've been doing this since, since 2012, 2013, Mm -hmm. I haven't been doing it for other organizations until after the pandemic. And so I think because I came in during that and there was already this, you know, quote unquote, great, great resignation that was going on. I think that, um, I, from the feedback I've gotten so far from, from, you know, called upper management senior executives has been really positive where they're just, they, you know, looking for things that can differentiate, right. You know, their, their organization and also to show, you know, we do care about the individual and not just saying that, but, but what's something that we can do? What are some, you know, what's some value we can add?
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Awesome. So I want to pivot a little bit and talk about your book if we can. Sure. Um, in your book, um, the dream machine. Um, first, first question. Um, if you can say in one sentence, what is the primary takeaway you wish your readers to get from this book? Anyone can set up a dream culture. Beautiful. Anyone can set up a dream culture. Gotcha. And also my second question, um, the word machine in your title, what is the machine part of the dream machine? Is it the culture model? Is it the dream culture or, or is it something else or a combination of things?
1: It's really, uh, that's a great question. I think it's the, it it, it means more the model. Okay. And w- when I, I was first kind of brought onto the idea of dreams by, Uh, an author named Matthew Kelly. Matthew Kelly wrote a book called the dream manager. He came Mm -hmm. to speak to our organization. So I heard him speak in 2007. Mm, The book is great. And Mm -hmm. his book and um, it, the concept there was more have somebody who has a salaried position of a dream manager in the organization. So when I set Mm -hmm. ours up, I didn't have a budget for, for that role. Uh, we were we were a kind of a startup, if you will, or a small business within within mm-hmm. a, a um, the drug sales field, and and mm-hmm. so I had to figure out how to bootstrap it and how to how to get this to you know be something that I was also doing, and so we figured out a way to to make it really organic, kind of ground up, not from an individual that that was their one role, but more yeah. putting onus on the individual, and mm-hmm. what we found is when we did that, it was really this kind of machine where you know, when people joined our team, they just, you know, they jumped right on and and it wasn't a lot that I was doing. It was more, they were getting it from everybody else that was already, you know, taking part in it.
0: I see. I see. So um, with all of the top, top executives in the, let's say the C suites, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You have your COOs, your CEOs, your CIOs, your CFOs, and and all those guys. Um, uh, Do you do you feel that uh, we are at a point in this day and age where yeah. it would make sense for companies, and, and I don't know if it depends on the size, but but companies to have, say, a... I don't know a chief dream officer or a chief creativity officer or or, or somewhere along those lines where uh, they champion uh, creativity, they champion um, outside thinking uh, and, and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I do, and I think you know depending on the size of the business, I think that's absolutely something that should be done. Mm-hmm. Not you know another t- title that I would give it. It and unfortunately this acronym is taken, but like chief engagement officer, right? And so yeah, it's, yeah, it's more you know what's the business after you know, we're all after having a really engaged employee yes. and, you know, those, those crazy statistics about like how much, uh, how much, you know, business is lost during March madness. Yeah. Right. Like the amount of disengagement that there is during that. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, there's businesses that are trying all sorts of things. Hey, let's go to a four day work week. Hey, let's go. Right. Like they're just shifting yeah. all sorts of things. And, and really it's a lot of people that are grabbing at straws because they're just looking for something that's going to get their people more engaged. And so I don't know if it needs to be one person as much as it needs to be. What I find works great with it, with just engagement fulfillment in general is when it is driven by the individual. Gotcha. Right? When we're doing it out of obligation. Like, Oh, I'm supposed to do it because you know, I'm going to meet with the dream. Like I think yeah. that there's, there's, um, it almost takes away a little bit of the spirit of it.
0: I see. I see. So, um, Early on, before starting your company, um, was there any? Um, I would imagine there was some type of benchmarking that you may have done with uh, different companies um, to, to to see you know what 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 gets workers jazzed up, right? What gets them engaged and and that sort of thing. And and um, you know, did you find it, did you discover or have any epiphanies uh, regarding dreams? Because so many companies, right? Like you said. Are, I mean, they'll throw money at it, say, oh, we just need to pay them more or we need to give them four day work weeks or we need to give them uh, two weeks vacation from the minute they start. You know Um, what type of findings did you have in your benchmarking efforts that surrounded dreams or creativity?
1: So, you know, there's a combination of things that are out there. There are studies for years that have shown, like, you know, once uh, once somebody gets over a certain income mark, and I think it's seventy five, eighty thousand yeah. dollars in the U.S. Right, the like return on dollar raise mm-hmm, isn't this. Mm-hmm. It's not dollar for dollar, right? It's like once our stability is there and most of our bills are paid, we don't get the right. same return on a five thousand dollar raise as what we do when we're underneath that line. And gotcha. so, you know, money can be the answer up to a certain point. Um, and then, you know, for me, it was looking at what was happening with all of the data coming out right away during the great resignation. There were so many studies that came out and so <laughs> many polls, Gallup surveys and different things that were talking <laughs> about, like what do employees want and why are they quitting where they're at? You know, mm-hmm. part of it was the entire, you know, environment, the workplace environment shifted and- whether or not a business wanted to, they needed to provide the opportunity of working remote, right? Yes, and yes. Even, and then we got to see it, and, and this was, I had already opened the business, but we got to to see where businesses even tried to kind of push, hey, we're going back. And then it was, I'm oh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the office yes. is open and you can come Yes. You but, but uh, you know, so I think what, what they were recognizing is like, we can't go back to where it was at. And so there's gotta be this, you know, employees are craving autonomy. They're creating the autonomy in the form of, you know, don't make me clock in and clock out, like trust that I can do the job. I'm gonna do it from wherever, I want that flexibility. That's right, that's right. And, and then all of a sudden, the people that were great in, the let's call it the Cincinnati market, were no longer just being interviewed by Cincinnati companies. They right. could apply for jobs anywhere in the U.S. And mm-hmm. so the, the competition just completely shifted. And so, you know, most of those surveys, what they were coming back and saying is people want to be valued for who they are, right? Yeah. They not want to just be a, a trans, you know, transactional piece. Right. And I think part of that is also once we switched to Zoom, you know most of our interactions were transactional.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: Your normal hey how you doing how is the weekend Aubrey how's the family like we just don't on Zoom meetings you don't get the same amount of that and so we had to get no. creative on how we show I value you as an individual because mm-hmm. the way we did it before just doesn't work on Zoom.
0: Yeah, no, it, uh, totally. I mean that water cooler talk so to speak um you know when you're physically in the office uh um it had its place, you know, and uh, uh Believe it or not, I mean, we had to kind of carve a, a small sliver or slice of our day in the office to that water cooler talk. Right. And and in, in some cases, you try to be intentional to where you are more productive and try not to make it happen. Mm-hmm. In other cases, in a lot of cases, it organically came together. I mean, yep. you're going to just drop – you packed your lunch. You're just going into the kitchen area to put in the fridge. And yep. before you know it, you run into someone – that you used to work with or that you do right. work with and then you're talking. Right. So uh, that happens quite a bit. And you're right. That, that can't, you know, there's not really a place for that in the zoom environment. So we have to be more creative in how we uh, express appreciation and trust yeah. and gratitude for, you know, for those workers. So um, yeah, I, 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 I totally, totally agree with that.
1: So, can I share one on? Can I share one on that?
0: Sure, absolutely.
1: A company that I've been working with this—it's called the Speaker Lab. It's a great organization. That's—they're all remote, but they're based out of Nashville. Yeah, and I've been working with them on their dreams. Kind of, uh, you know, we did the workshop. We're working on the integration piece, mm-hmm. and uh, their company is just run with the dreams concept. And they were attempting to manufacture those water cooler moments. And I think yeah. Slack has something that's called like Donut Time or something like that, where it pairs mm-hmm. up some random people within the organization and it's once a month or what, you know, where you're supposed to just connect for 15 minutes.
0: Right. Right. And
1: she said, it's not working. She goes, we thought that would work Mm in, they're just logging on, looking at each other. like. (laughs) And so they shifted it and what they're doing now is they're actually using um, 15 minutes and it's once a month and they're discussing what dreams that they're pursuing for, you know, at that present time. And, and, because there's so much conversation and buzz around it, it's like, mm-hmm. hey, your topic is dreams. You're paired up with somebody else, and so there's mm-hmm. some a, a little bit of personal accountability in there, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they can cheer on the other person or spend their time however they want, you know, talking right. about the progress, which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, no, that is cool. That is cool. And um, and 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 what a what a great recourse, you know. But in order to 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 to, to, to pivot to that, it sounds. Sounds like they had to go through that that tricky or difficult time to discover that it wasn't working, right?
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And I think they were they were attempting that at the same time that we were implementing the dreams, mm-hmm. uh, the dream system. And so she brought it to me where she was like, Hey, I had this idea. The operations officer there was uh was like, I was thinking about doing this. I'm like, that's I think that's brilliant, you know. I think that, um, Mm -hmm. and they've got, they've got. uh, I think there's 30 employees there. Um, Okay. But it's been neat. Like when I had the opportunity to take their team through it, you know, dreaming's like a muscle, Mm -hmm. and uh, I haven't found anyone that's been wildly opposed to it. There's people that, let's say, are a little resistant to it, but it's the same people that maybe are a little resistant to working out at the gym where they're like, I just haven't done this in a long time. Right. Right. And then right. there are certain people that, you know, you can tell they do, they just maybe have uh, think a little differently and they mm-hmm. just jump on it. But what's mm-hmm. been great is seeing people at different ages, tap back into something that we do in our youth. Yeah. And then we reach this stretch where we just, you know, we're not talked, you know, it's not part of our day to day anymore. Right. and uh, and it's neat to bring people back to that because every time i get the opportunity to do it i'm inspired you know by, by the people on the team and getting to hear everybody's dreams and stuff it's been pretty cool
0: nice nice so would it be safe to say that dreams and dreaming um, is foundational for setting the building blocks uh for coming up with a plan for implementation, for execution and follow through. I would I would think the dream would be that foundational piece in which those building blocks are placed on is yeah. Would that, it, would that be? It?
1: Yeah, it is, and and it's you know I think a lot of times when people hear and I should probably put this more into the description when somebody says what's you know difference between a goal and a dream I think a lot of times when people hear dream they think some large grandiose thing right like my yeah. dream album, my dream trip and a lot of times dream is attached to things that are very large that we work mm-hmm. our whole lives for mm-hmm. but when when we go through this concept I mean we help people b- build their list uh, it's usually a minimum of about a hundred and and I've had people on our team that have over a thousand dreams on their list they're oh. not all these. Lifelong worldly things, right? Right. I mean, there's little things on there. Like I had a guy in my team complete. He told I, I was talking to him on the phone. I said, "What's going on?" He goes, "I just completed a dream." I said, "You know, do tell." Right? And he goes, mm-hmm. "I uh, I just completed flossing for 30 days straight." And so there's wow. you know there's like I wouldn't it wouldn't be a dream on my list, but right. it was on this guy's list. And so there's mm-hmm. little things like, hey, I've never karaokeed at a bar. Yeah, uh, some of them are large and then some of them are also smaller. And so what I think works with this is the whole idea behind the list is that it's giving someone a menu for just an engaged life. You know, you think about when you've got a vacation set up in your schedule. Yes. The vacation itself doesn't just bring you joy. The weeks of planning, the making the yeah. des- decision of what are we going to do when we go, where are we going to yeah. go, yeah. booking of the flights, yeah. the employment on it, and then even reliving it on the pictures. Right. And so mm-hmm. when I think about the dreams concept, like the people that are on our team that we do this with, it's like they have something every month or two months, some very small. And then once in a while, it's a big one. Yeah. But it's like they always have a next up. And so they're mm-hmm. just they've got more purpose to what they're doing on a regular basis. And I think that's really what this is all about is just engaging the whole person mm-hmm. and not allowing someone to just kind of like be asleep at the wheel for, you know, Oh, wow. Where's the time gone? You know? That yeah.
0: Yeah. No, no. hundred percent. I, 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 I totally, I'm in total agreement with that. And um, you know, the, um, uh, what you mentioned earlier about, um, Oh man, I just had it. It was it was incredible insight, by the way, that you shared with um, how big or small a dream can be. Dreams yep. are relative, right? I mean, yep. um, like you said, the gentleman who had the um, the floss for thirty days straight, you know, may not be a dream on your list, but it was on his. Yep. So, so it's relative, and they could be big or small. And yeah, I know what I was going to say as you were talking about vacation. Uh, I was thinking, well, before you talked about vacation, I was thinking in my head, you know, a dream that my wife and I, we have is to return to Nassau, Bahamas, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we were there, we went there for our honeymoon 17 years ago, and mm-hmm. and then we went there one year for Christmas, and, and and we haven't been since, and it's been over 10 years. And so, you yeah. know, even though we've been there before, and it may not be like this huge, grandiose thing from right. a vacation standpoint... know we can make that a dream right
1: yep yep and and we have i mean i've got i've got like you said i've got places on my dreams list that i've already been but there's a different name attached like i want to go back to this place with my daughter right or something like that so there's um we take people through nine categories and so it's Mm -hmm. not just the bucket list like hey trips and places i want to experience but there's you know the professional career there's the health like mental and physical there's the spiritual so we really Mm -hmm. try and touch every part of somebody you know, during that, during that, you know, dreamstorming process.
0: No, that makes sense. That makes sense. I, I appreciate you clarifying that, Dane. So um, I want to briefly talk about um, the work you do in kind of bridging between dreaming and dreams and doing. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's, you know, people always say that there are dreamers. And there are doers, mm-hmm. and in your space, uh, especially in the you know corporate corporate environment, yeah. um, in that space, you know dreams only go so far. Now you have to talk about doing. Yeah. Um, what is? Can you give us a description of the type of work that you uh, that that you do in helping others bridge between that dream state? and the doing state mm-hmm. if that makes sense
1: yeah and I think the organization could play a key role here but mm-hmm. what we in, in in an effort to have it not be the organization's responsibility mm-hmm. what we do when we go through and, and I, I wrote the book in a way that they, any business owner should be able to take the book and just do it all on their own okay right so yeah. I, I also do this for businesses but the book was written in a way that like we didn't hold anything back it's hey, go and go and do it on your own. But mm-hmm. um, after at the very end of the workshop, the last thing that we do is is take action. And okay. for a few years, I'd say probably the first three, four years that I did this with my team, we did not do this. Okay, It was just, hey, we're going to talk about it. And then I'm going to live my dreams out loud. I'm going to talk about when I accomplish a dream. And that worked, but it built kind of slowly. Right. Yeah. We'd, we'd yeah. Talk about theirs. And so what we started doing at the end of the workshop is that we'd take this large list that everybody had. We'd give them the time and space to say, hey, you know, and, and the, the question that we ask is worded very specifically. It's what in the next six to 12 months has the slim possibility of maybe being accomplished? So the idea hmm. is like, hey, look, just go through your list and make a little check by you think, by the ones that you think could be could be uh, an option. And then yes. we give them the space to actually do some research. And we try and get people in that moment to take action in that peak state, mm-hmm. right? It's like that's mm-hmm. when we should be taking action is when we're in a peak state. Yes. And, uh, and then once we make the decision and take action on it, it, it oftentimes will happen. And so my goal when I run those is that everybody has one, one dream kind of baked into the cake by the time that they leave. And so at the very end, it's really exciting what we're doing. Everybody's kind of doing research. And what people find, the consensus is usually – wow, I actually thought that would have cost more money or I thought that would have been more difficult. And just yeah. by doing like a few searches online, putting right. it out there to a few people that are on their team, they start recognizing like, oh, I wanted to go. Th- this happened for us. One of our places that we want to mark off our list is going to the Smoky Mountains. We've never been. Right. We just happened to share that we were going to go on a road trip this fall to the Smoky Mountains to somebody mm-hmm. at a 4th of July party a couple of days ago. Yeah. And his response was, I actually have a home that overlooks the actual national park. Mm. And if you wanted to pull your camper up, you could just stay there. And, wow. it, you know, it was like, wait, there. I probably know no one in my social network that has a place like that other than maybe this one person who I happen to be. So there's just some weird connections, right? Putting it out in the universe. Yeah. So we yeah. take action at the end. Everybody, we ask people to take whatever action. It could be sending a text to a friend. It could be, and we always have people that do this, buying a flight somewhere right there on the spot in this portion. And so what my goal is, leaving that, is that team, there's going to be dreams achieved within the next three to six months. And then when that happens, those individuals know, hey, we want to hear about it. And so then what we do is called dream spotlighting. And the idea is, Aubrey, you and your wife go back to the Bahamas, right? And uh, the next staff meeting or, or quarterly or whatever that we have as a team, you're on the program. So we start every meeting that we have with, hey, you guys know what we're about. We're about, you know, living our dreams and helping others do the same. And so, uh, you know, real quick spotlight, I want to give the mic here to Aubrey. He just got back from, uh, from a 10-day trip with his wife to the Bahamas Aubrey, give us the sixty-second highlight, so you get to relive it. You get recognized not for what you do to the, for the team, but you get recognized for living your life. And mm-hmm. what we find is this is a really gentle nudge to other people of like, "That's awesome for Aubrey, but man, I got to get back, you know, get back to my list." And then I'll usually wow. follow up with just a simple question of, "Hey, have you given any thought to what's next on your list, Aubrey?" And a lot of times it's, mm-hmm, "No, mm-hmm. not yet," but just asking the question. Mm-hmm. Right, can can move yeah. somebody. So yeah. that's that's the the what we try and do to get the get it on them. An organization mm-hmm. has so much power to be able to you know make people's dreams come true because there's so many dreams on people's list that are just low hanging fruit that cost a hundred bucks or two hundred. Oh sure, or health yeah. ones. That's like, hey, I want to run a tough mutter. We've done this on our team where we'll search and we see, oh, somebody on our team has tough mutter. There happens to be a tough mutter coming to town. And then mm-hmm. we'll say, hey, Aubrey, I saw that you have Tough mutter on there. No pressure. If you wanted to do it, we'd split the entrance with you. Gotcha. Right? So he, yeah. we got skin in the game. You've got skin in the game. But so mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things an organization can do is continually look at that instead mm-hmm. of giving gift certificates and meaningless thank yous and Christmas things and the Harry, Harry and David, you know, yeah. fruit basket that nobody really uses. and Right. <laughs> Take a look at somebody's dreams list and spend one hundred, two hundred bucks in a targeted way that, you know, they've told you these are the things that I want.
0: Yeah, that makes it very intentional. Right. And uh, and, and you're doing it with purpose. So uh, I, I can I can totally agree with that for sure. And, you know, Dane, I have to tell you, man, it's it's like it's like you're reading my mind here. Um, <laughs> what you just spoke of regarding, you know, an example of doing the dream spotlight. Um, mm-hmm was uh kind of alluded to my next question and and if you don't mind i'm going to ask this anyway to see if there's anything additional you would like to add to it okay so um in your work in helping uh teams there may be a team oriented dream within a given workplace xyz company and uh that that goal that extraordinary outcome that is targeted is the dream of that team, right? So I wanted to know how important is it for the team members themselves to realize their own dreams to build motivation and inspiration, um, so that they can work for something greater than themselves to achieve a team goal. Does that make sense? Is that yeah, important? it
1: does. You know, and what most of the work that I do is is going to be with the the organization putting the spotlight on the individual.
0: Okay. Okay, Okay.
1: But to answer that question, what I've seen work really well with this is that it's kind of the, you know, uh, lead by example, lead from within type of deal where it's like, look, if I want my team to take our team goals seriously and our team dreams seriously, there's not a better way to do that than honoring the individual and saying, you're valued. I want you to live the life of your dreams. Yes. when I do that, and then we come back to the workplace, the conversation, like the vocabulary is very different. Anything is possible. Hey, what's the, what's our, you know, what's our goal and what's our dream that we'd love to achieve as an organization this next Mm -hmm. year, right? Mm -hmm. Mm Because the goal might be a stretch number. A dream would be, hey, maybe possibly could we get this done? And would you guys all be excited about that? I think that, you know, again, it's like, Tony Robbins, I, and I'm sure he's not the first one that's ever given this quote, but I love it, which just progress is happiness. And that's what I think the whole basis of this dreams concept is, where it's like, look, if somebody in their first year of this does two or three dreams on their list, a lot of times they feel like a failure. They're like, oh, I didn't do that many. I had 200 on there. It's like, yeah, but you probably two or three is probably more than last year. Yeah. And this year, five or six, you're probably going to feel great. And so the idea mm-hmm. is, you know, can I get these individuals more independently motivated? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it takes that the whole chore of like, how do I get my team inspired? It's like it's not we're looking in the wrong area. It's not how do I get them inspired here at work? How do I get them just moving? If I can do that, they're just going to think differently. Anything is possible. Look at the life that they're living right now compared to two years or three years or four years ago. They're going to bring a different thought process to work for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, they will. I mean, and, and, and I wanted to I wanted to ask you what you said. I wasn't planning on asking this. Um, I didn't even, the thought didn't even enter my head to ask you this question, Um, but something you said just kind of triggered in my head. Um, Dane, have you, have you worked with any clients or companies that are, um, um, I don't want to say starter companies, but they're, they're fairly new. They, they, they have their business model. They have, uh, they have a presence they have a brand but they're say at a crossroads trying to figure out okay what is the true heart of the message we want to give to our customers to our audience you know um, yeah okay if you have then i I would love to hear from you if you could share with the listeners what does what what drivers or or, or what potential does dreaming and dreams, in that company sense have with helping a company establish say a vision statement and a mission mm-hmm. statement
1: mm-hmm. so i worked with a company this last december and they had uh the ceo was new in their role and that mm-hmm. ceo got got brought in because he is a uh, fix-it ceo right okay. so he was a yeah. temporary they just come in for, for six months and, and be the glue to get us through this next stage. right? And then they brought him on full, full on after that. And so I got the opportunity. He brought me in almost immediately when that happened. Mm-hmm. And so they just gone through a restructure and they this organization's in the consumer uh, consumable product market. And so they got they outsourced all of their production. So their team basically went from 30 to like 12. Mm, Okay. And so, you know, how does everybody feel about that? Probably not, not necessarily the best, right? Because you're losing some people, there might be some positive in there. But Mm -hmm. so um, the timing of it was really interesting. And what the CEO is trying to do is to really shed light on, hey, the new business is going to be different. And the business is what that you knew before, you know, wasn't super successful, wasn't a well oiled machine, we focused on the wrong things. And so the message was, Hey, moving forward, the focus is you. And the mm. focus is we want a really empowered and engaged team. That's here leaner than what it was before. Yep. And when we do this, we know that the answers are going to be within this room. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a really cool message. And this CEO, um, I got to do the dreams workshop with their team. And at the end, right. he said, Hey, by the way, and he actually let me share it, which I thought was cool. I had fun with it. I said, mm-hmm. Your CEO here also has pledged 250 bucks per team member. If you take action right now and book a dream, we've got cash here for you, and you're get you know he's buying your first dream to, to show you that uh, mm. his money's where his mouth is, right? And yeah, yeah. You know, it was so cool to see people like you know tear up and be like, I can't believe this. And so wow. we ended this really kind of like his first in prior to me coming in he, they, they did the mission statement work, right. They did the, this is the new us. And I was brought in kind of as the, look, we really do believe, you know, you matter the most and, and Mm -hmm. we care about you. And Mm -hmm. so at the end, at the very end of the meeting, what, what they got to go through and do is everybody pledged the dream that they did. Right. And so we got to chronicle that. Um, he hit me up about 60 days after that. And, uh, And said, hey, I just want you to know our head of marketing has already completed 18 dreams on our list in the first two months.
0: Wow. My goodness.
1: And uh, and so, but I found this to be true too. Every team has one like kind of rabbit, somebody who just like loves the concept and runs with it. Yeah. Yeah. And and, um, that person's really needed. And I told him, I said, I don't know who's going to be on your team, but somebody will run with it. And then that's the example that you're constantly using. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was it's been really neat to see that. So I'm doing more workshops with their team as they're onboarding more people, mm-hmm. um, but uh, but they have got great chatter on their team just about that to begin with. So mm. uh, so yeah, I think I think the timing of like new mission statement and this as a shift is is um, is a really good focus.
0: That's great, man. Oh man. What a great story. Oh, I appreciate you sharing that with us. I mean, uh, you know, very, very much embraced by the CEO and 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 by 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 the by the leaders of the company. so, oh man, so it sounds like Dane um, that team members and groups and individuals from the, the who participate in these workshops uh you know there's there's transferable virtues. Uh, that they adapt from attending these workshops, best practices that they pick up that translates over or could translate over to their personal life mm-hmm. and their home life. Is, is that right?
1: Yeah, and and that's one of the things I love about this. And, um, you know, when when I give people my bio, you know, the first thing I have on there is like, you know, husband and father of two. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, to me, it's it, like, the, the one group that I pay a fee to be a member of is called front row dads. And, uh, nice. and the tagline of the group is family men who own businesses. So this is really near and dear to me. I, I think that there's, you know, I'd say even more value on the individual family front than there is yeah. in the business front for this. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I had a, a really cool story that, that warmed to my heart. I, I got the opportunity to do a workshop for a team, uh, early may, and then i got tagged on something online and then the ceo sent me an email uh sharing it with me as well but one of Mm -hmm. the individuals uh, on the team that went through the dreams workshop that next sunday was mother's day and her family it was raining wherever they lived and family said what do you want to do and she said i want to go through this dreams thing and she just did the dreams workshop for her family for she had grown kids and yeah And spouses. And so she did, you know, for Mother's Day, she sat them all down and she she did that. So that's the kind of stuff that, you know, my objective with the whole book was, you know, just get as many people focused. I think we need that more than ever right now. Right. Some some hope in the future. Yes. Uh, And, you know, the the quote the whole book is written on is when there's hope in the future, there's power in the present. And I think that you know that's the idea behind all of this is like, you know, let's get some let's get some power behind our day to day.
0: Oh, no, 100%, man. And I love that quote. I I, I love that quote. Uh, It is the power of the present, right? That gives us hope for that future. And and that power, uh, it sounds like starts, uh, it starts the momentum, you know, Mm -hmm. to to, to keep Mm -hmm. things moving. I mean, wow, what a heartfelt story and a heartwarming story. I mean, about, you know, applying it to family life. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, man, Dane, I really appreciate you sharing that with us, man. And and, and so can you tell me and tell the listeners, you know, how, how can they connect with you, learn more about you, the great work you're doing and maybe yeah. pick up a copy of your book?
1: For sure. So I'm, I'm on all the social media platforms. I'd say I'm okay. probably most active on Instagram. I do a lot with, with dreams and stuff on there. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's only one Dane Espigard that's that I've got a unique last name. So uh, I'm pretty easy to find. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my website is just daneespigard.com. And okay. at the beginning of this year in 2022, I made the decision to say, you know, what, what was my real goal with all of this was to really try and shape and shift the way that workplaces are done and, and get more people dreaming. so um, I started giving away the book for free online, just a PDF version. So right. if anybody wants to grab a free PDF version, they can just go to my website at daneespigard.com and then forward slash free gift, and there's a free um, like PDF version that they can get if they want to grab a free copy.
0: Fantastic. We will definitely make sure to put the uh, direct links to your website and your social mediums uh, in the episode show notes right. so the listeners can access your website or follow you as they're listening to this awesome conversation. And uh, thank you for the offer for the listeners, um, you know, for the, um, for the PDF version of your book. And ladies and gentlemen, once again, the title of that book is The Dream Machine. So uh, Dane Espergard, man, I wanna thank you so much for having for coming on the show, man. I, I really appreciate you being here.
1: Yeah, thanks for helping me spread the word, Aubrey. I appreciate it.
0: Oh, 100%, man. And I wanna thank all of you for tuning in and listening. And look, if you have a loved one or know a coworker, colleague, a friend who seems to be just really going through some dark days of despair, They seem to be struggling at the end of their rope, not quite sure where to turn. I humbly ask that you please share this show with them, because on The Road to Rediscovery, there are two things we want everyone to know. Number one, you're not alone. And number two, there's always hope. The Road to Rediscovery, it's a movement, a revolution. And guess what? You are now part of it. We're all roadies on this journey of life, and it sure feels good to have you on the road with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll chat again soon. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of The Roads Rediscovery. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email at roadsrediscoverypodcast at gmail.com and leave us any questions or comments you may have. The Roads Rediscovery is an AJ Shark production.